Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Roundball Rockers. It's Joey here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode of Roundball Rock is sponsored by mybookie.ag. But you don't have to believe me. Believe Brooke and Robin Lopez. Robin, <laughs> if you want to bet on sports, you got to use mybookie.ag. They've been in business for years, and their rep is rock solid. Brooke, you're wrong about everything, but you're not wrong about this. I love using mybookie.ag, stupid. Yeah, even your dumb cat knows that they have in-game and live betting, player perks, and 100% cash bonuses with 48-hour processing. You never pay me back in time. Ugh, you still owe me money from that time that I bought the turkey legs at Disney World? What? But and I bought I need... the churros. But I need that money so I can spend it to bet on mybookie.ag. Well, Jesus, if you join now, mybookie will match your deposit with a 100% bonus, and you can use promo code Round Rock to activate the offer. Oh, I think I'm gonna do that. They'll match all my money at a hundred percent bonus if I use that promo code, which again is Round Rock oh. at mybookie.ag. I'm gonna visit there before you. No, I'm going to visit there before you. Oh, you play, you win, you get paid, and you I get punched play, in the I face. Win. I play, I win, and get paid, and punch you in the face, Brooke. Oh, I hate you, Robin. I hate you, Brooke. Um, well, that was Brooke and Robin Lopez uh, for mybookie.ag. Make sure, remember, visit, enter the promo code ROUNDROCK. They'll match you 100%, just like Brooke and Matt Robin match each other 100%. Uh, visit today. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, here's the ghost of Don Pardo.
It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Dan Gazurik, Ekpe Udo, Joey Devine, Lou Amundsen, AC Law the Fourth, Sean Keen, Reggie Williams. Darrell Wright, special guest Eric Malinowski, and now the host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hey guys, sorry, my uh, I'd accidentally <laughs> muted myself there, so that was a weird little pause. It's me, the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine, and we have a very, very special guest today. It's our first ever author. We've got Eric Malinowski, the author of Beta Ball, How Silicon Valley and Science Built One of the Greatest Basketball Teams in History. Eric, how are you doing? I was doing a lot better until I found out I was the first author to come on. This is a a lot of undue pressure that I was not prepared for. Go ahead, John. we're, We're trying to light a fire under some of our other guests okay. to, to, to yeah, get yeah. it together and, and publish. Stop just blogging, all right? This yeah, is a shot we... across the bow of Vice Sports is what I'm it's saying. Be... <laughs> it's very specifically, look, we want Dave to stop hosting other podcasts and a web series. Dave hosts uh, other podcasts? I was not aware of this. Dave hosts I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything about podcasts. this. <laughs> Wait, so Complete, he has, I'm being blindsided here. He has the Masked Man podcast, which is about right, wrestling. I, I would love to uh, listen to it and support it, but uh, I don't know who any wrestlers are. And it's not part of the uh, Round Ball Rock Media uh, Network. No, it's not. No. It's not. not. <laughs> we, we've we got Finding Ben Simmons. Uh <laughs> We've got uh, Serial, which is actually just a podcast about Tim Duncanos. And, yeah. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've this is the part got... where Dave's music... My uh, oh God, that's yeah. Dave Schilling's music! He's <laughs> and actually, the one we really, we're really excited about is uh, My Favorite Coach Killing. And that's just... Uh, yeah. It's a team murder podcast. So it should be it's about cool. Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Let me tell you, this week's episode is going to be a doozy. <laughs> Uh, um, so Eric, you have covered the Warriors for how long? Uh, my first bit of original reporting on them goes back six and a half years, spring of 2011. Oh, that was a good year, Wasn't, huh? this, wasn't that a good time to, to be into the Warriors? Wasn't that a good time, a, a fun time out, a good time out, all of the times out? Yeah, it, it was a great time out. It was I a great time out, there you go. It's a even one, better. Than that. It, it was like that typical Warriors thing where they'd come really close, and then suddenly it was like eighteen months later, and they were completely capped out. And you're like, "Wait, who's here?" <laughs> it got Corey, Corey Maggette. Yeah, that's <laughs> Corey Maggette, who seems like uh, a good guy. I was gonna say, like, I, I feel like that's where my brain like immediately goes to Corey Maggette. I think because it was round numbers, right? Wasn't it like five years fifty five or something? Yeah, like yes, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. But five I feel for like 55. he was like the least toxic 
of any of those guys in there in some way, like which is kind of a relative term. But like <laughs> he doesn't not like he, like he does not deserve to be like you know the the poster child for all the dysfunction from back then. Yeah, and well, he's like he was like unwatchable as a player, but as a result, right, he kind of he was, he was kind of efficient as a scorer because he got fouled so much. But it was sure. just you know you'd watch him just dribble for fifteen seconds and then <laughs> kind of fake a foul. Uh, but I don't it know. Works I, for Chris Paul, so. Do you know? Uh, do you know what his kids' program was called, Eric? Oh no! He used to give uh, lots of free tickets to Clippers games, and his, the program was called Uh Oh Magettios. <laughs> See, that's just smart branding. Yeah, that's <laughs> clean, <laughs> easy to understand. Am I ever going to forget that? No. <laughs> uh, that I bet Clipper Daryl himself wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he his imprint on the franchise uh, goes deeper than anybody uh, anyone really knows. Um, so I guess we should explain to the listeners what Beta Ball is, huh? It's a book that I have read. Uh, it's a solid Sean book. It feels very. It, it feels hefty in your hands. It's got it a is, cover it's and a great, It's got a great cover. Yeah. Uh, but it is about uh, the Golden State Warriors and how they became the juggernaut. That they are right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like the Warriors are. I mean, I just preface by saying I did not grow up a Warriors fan. I've lived in the Bay Area for 15 years, so I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a lot <laughs> in my time here. Um, but I mean, I really do believe that the Warriors are, like, objectively speaking, the most inexplicable story in sports, like the best story in sports of the last 20 years, give or yeah. take. Yeah. Um, and so really just like the long and short of it is the book is the story of how all of this uh, came about. It goes back to the earliest days. And, I, you know, chapter one is kind of a quick recap of the good times and the many, many bad times uh, relating up to the ownership group coming in. But then we just kind of take it year by year. and We just kind of watch them grow and make, make some mistakes at the beginning and then learn from those mistakes. And then it kind of worked out in the end, but it really is sort of the complete uh, reported out story of, of everything that happened along the way. Which for me, I've got to say, as a lifelong Warrior fan, reading that first chapter in <laughs> particular felt like you had – it felt like you had researched and I was reading a book about my life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have <laughs> how, uh, how, how, how invasive. I'm sorry. So my question for you is, um, where did my life go wrong? Was it when I dropped out of the California State University of Monterey Bay, or is it when I took that job and then worked at the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company for eight years? I think it was <laughs> when you saw the Chronicle headline in 1994, October, and it said... Local cable magnate offering to <laughs> become full majority owner of the Warriors. And at that point, you could have said, nah, I'm going to do something else with my life. Yeah, like Instead, you're like, oh, this could be interesting. And then that's where it all went wrong. Yeah, well, you can read more about that in Zeta Ball, the story of Joey Devine. <laughs> um, so, Sean, you had a... Uh, our first official question yeah, we wanted our first to ask Eric. Official question. I mean, the timing of this book is great because uh, are you glad you got the book out before the Warriors dynasty collapsed this season? 
they they are on pace for what twenty eight and forty two. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I believe Steph Curry is going to prison today. Uh, well, to uh, right. I believe there is a, warrant, a Twitter warrant out for his arrest. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're also the most unlikable team in all of sports. Uh, I mean, cause we all know that pretty much the worst thing you could ever do is to throw a mouthpiece at a referee. So, yeah. um, in NBA history, we've never seen worse. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. especially <laughs> not from someone in a Warriors uniform. <laughs> Yeah, it's, there's no other transgressions that rise above. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm really glad I got it in under the wire. Uh, you know, we, we we can we can take the book off our shelves a couple of months from now when the Warriors are catering, <laughs> and just remember that, uh, yeah, they were in fact as good as we thought they were. That was not uh, not a hallucination in any regard, and those things really did happen. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's just they're like an internet success story, right? Just the bottom falls out eventually. That's what happens. Like, <laughs> The, no the bubble how, has burst. Yeah, like like basically, Seth Curry is Tom from MySpace, and and Clay Thompson <laughs> is that those friends. Okay, he's the Pets.com puppet, right? <laughs> yeah, all right. Do you, do you remember? All right, so do you remember Buy.com? Like that was like a, a sort of like nascent uh, competitor to Amazon and all those. It was uh-huh. like part of the overstock. So Buy.com is actually the company uh, through like a series of name changes. They actually became uh, Rakuten. Which is the uh, Jersey sponsor Wait, of the Warriors? That's the same company. It is. That was. It is the company that was previously known as Buy.com. I only learned about them when they had the Warriors jersey sponsorship, and they're like they're like the Amazon of Japan, basically. Right. Exactly. See, they, they pivoted, but they stream tons of people. People watch like tons of video content from them too. Sure. Yeah. And are they oh, yeah. are they going to be broadcasting NBA games now? It felt like that. That's like the end goal of this. Yeah, the end goal is uh, maybe they'll fix League Pass. We just all sign up for Rakuten. Listen, listen. We can't go around making crazy ass predictions. Uh, Rakuten Prime, completely irresponsible. <laughs> League Pass that works. Get- yeah. <laughs> it would be great if that turned into an influence. Like somehow the fans are are wearing like much more kind of like anime-derived things. I mean, I guess that had already happened at Giants games. Well, the Houston Rockets basically had an anime rocket on their uh, jerseys for a good portion of the 90s. Paul Paul Pierce designed that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Basically, yeah, that's where all the good ideas come from. It's from Paul Pierce's uh, disruptive uh, Silicon Valley firm. (laughs) Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I did not know, even as a regular follower slash sufferer of the Golden State Warriors for years. One, <laughs> uh, one of them was that Steph Curry and LeBron James were born in the same hospital. That's Isn't that crazy? crazy? I, yeah, I can't believe I, I still cannot believe that. Uh, I also can't believe that it's not something that is mentioned on telecasts all the time like if this were if it were like joe buck announcing the nba finals mm-hmm. he would bring it up like four times a game well sean you know who else was born in that <laughs> hospital right who's that kanye west the stranger things kids barack obama <laughs> um <laughs> little the, the little known facts akron ohio I mean, it, it completely makes sense that LeBron was born there, but 
We're going to need Charlie Day, like, standing in front of a wall with, like, string on pins. Like, Akron, Ohio, it all comes back. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is the first of many Warriors-Cavs connections to follow. But, yeah, I, I have no idea why Steph Curry was born in Akron, Ohio. I guess, like, road trip for his dad's team? I don't know. Possibly? I mean... <laughs> Dell did not play for the Cavs, right? I don't think so. Like, if, if he did, I mean, I I think he might have. But, I, but it happened before before Steph was born, right? Right, right, right. So I don't know, man. We're gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to get the the. I am gonna have to get this. I'm gonna have to write a whole other book about Akron, Ohio now. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbit. I thought I knew how deep the rabbit hole goes. Uh, turns out it goes a little deeper. Yeah. <laughs> you end up like uh, writing like a a Ken Burns style documentary about Akron, Ohio, and how it's the key to America. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta work on my pan and scan, but uh, yeah, we're gonna get there. he gonna be- Del Curry played for the Cavs in the '87 '88. Oh, that's why. Okay. Well, it's not that much of a mystery anymore. Yeah. Well, mystery solved. Not as interesting as I thought it was. Yeah. Awesome. But still not born in Cleveland because he, he knew. Well, the hospital was on fire that day because of the river. So. Oh, well, it was a Tuesday. Yeah. So, Eric, one question for you. Uh, and I'm afraid we have to ask this because Round Ball Rock is the preeminent Anthony Randolph podcast. Uh, why aren't there at least four to five chapters on just Anthony Randolph? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I actually have to think back now. I actually don't think, is there one, I think there's one Anthony Randolph. Because he's he got he got traded away, right? With the Yeah, uh, he's in the David Lee trade. Yes. Okay, that's that's the one that is the singular Anthony Randolph reference. How can I explain this? Um like, <laughs> You do not mention that maybe? time he cried in a game against the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> well, All it's right. it's funny because our podcast is the foremost chronicler of Anthony Randolph. And sometimes I have to remind myself that he was on the Warriors for two years. And he was he was benched for forty percent right. of that time. <laughs> But also gave rise to half of the basketball blogs out there. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so here's the semi-serious answer. So, so that David Lee trade that was basically the that was the very first thing that the Lake of Ownership Group did. And in fact, they did that. That was like they were the shadow ownership group. They hadn't even officially yeah. been announced. And they behind the scenes they gave their okay because obviously that was going to directly affect like a lot of the things that they were going to try to do. Uh, like in a couple of weeks when they actually bought the team. So um, so that was in effect the both the last of the old regime and the first of the new one. Um, I could have written like a whole a whole separate book. I could have written a whole hundred thousand words just on everything that happens before the events of this book. <laughs> you know, not just we believe, but just all of like literally the this day and suck Twitter feed. Yeah. But in, like basically. Like I would have had no problem uh, no difficulties writing that book at all. And then the other reason is that with Anthony Randolph, it's like it's like Lay's potato chips. 
You just can't eat one. <laughs> if I had gone one Anthony Randolph anecdote, I would have like blinked, and then five thousand words would have been. On the page. <laughs> it would have been like, I. Just had an out-of-body experience regarding Anthony Randolph. Not the first time this has happened. I should not have done that. So I just didn't even let myself go there. Um, it's funny you mentioned that summer because that's a big part of the book and also a big part of my life as a basketball fan because that was the first summer I was at Summer League when the Warriors sold. Right. And I ran up to David Aldridge because this was before Summer League was a thing that like people went to. It was just like me and a bunch of guys at the with the Knicker bloggers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I ran up to David Aldridge and I was like, did the Warriors get sold? And he was like, that's what I'm trying to find out. <laughs> get the hell out of my face, kid. I love the idea of David Aldridge being like this grizzled old newspaper, like old timey columnist from the 40s. Get out of my way, kid. That was basically what happened because it was so confusing. Did he doff his fedora in your general direction? <laughs> it was so confusing because like, I don't even think I had an iPhone yet. So yeah. it was like the Warriors were sold, but no one knew to who yet, but we knew it wasn't Larry Ellison. Let me like, I gotta find a payphone. <laughs> and everyone was like, who bought the Warriors? And it was like, we don't know, it's a mystery. That's the guy who made Batman, see? <laughs> I'm sure it was Larry Ellison, and I don't need anyone to tell me yeah. otherwise. <laughs> uh, the other funny thing is I remember talking to a guy from the Knicker bloggers <laughs> because the David Lee trade had happened like a couple of days before and he was like, oh man, you're going to love David Lee. And I was like, oh man, you're going to love Kalena Azabuki and <laughs> Anthony Randolph. <laughs> and statements from both sides ended up to be not true. <laughs> I mean, the people. The thing that people forget about the David Lee trade uh, is that that news broke, uh, as I say in the book, on the day of the decision. Oh right, yeah, Ron yeah. James. So that was like, that was the news that like no one really like outside of the Bay Area like that didn't really register because literally everyone was like out of their minds about LeBron. <laughs> but I, I remember thinking like, I don't know that much about David Lee, but he was an All Star. Wow, a six year contract. Okay. <laughs> commitment to excellence because it, he he's like a good version of decisions they made over and over again where they were like well obviously we, there's no way to develop your own power forward so we're just going to give as much money as possible to either Jason Caffey or Danny Fortson <laughs> or, or like, Derek Fisher yeah just like a million but it was like like the same kind of like like we don't know how we don't know where rebounds come from, so we will spend top dollar rebounds. How do they that. work? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it it all. Uh, yeah, look, you're you're besmirching the good name of two time NBA All Star David Lee, David who Lee. was an All Star Steph Curry. And you know, honestly, that is a great. That was a great signing. He was like, <laughs> like it, it it's it's a weird thing to look at that being something that really changed the culture but it really did like it I, I, yeah da joey might not agree with that but i don't i think that the real culture change was the trading of monte ellis 
and like David Lee was fine. <laughs> he was there. Uh, I do think it was. It's an interest. It's interesting to read your book in hindsight, and for me, it made me feel like the smartest like man in the world because you'd be like, uh, and yeah, fans were not so sure about the decision to start Draymond Green over David Lee, and I was like, I was. The summer before, I was yelling about how Draymond Green should be yes, the starting power forward. Yes, the ones who what you were talking about. Uh, uh, it wasn't the loudest voices in the room, but yeah, the people that knew, they knew. I hated Monte Ellis by the time they traded him. I was like, get him out of here. Yeah, I mean, they were trying to get Bogut for months, many months. Um and then, really, it was once he once he was out, once he you know tore. I think it was knee or something like that. But in the December before that, but then they realized we can get a sweet, sweet discount on him. Um, yeah. But then a lot of people just looked at. It, I was like, uh, he's not going to be playing for like eight months. What are we doing? Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a tenuous time. It was not. There was there was a non-zero chance that that all could have just gone incredibly wrong and awry, which would have been very worse at the time. Yeah, I um, wish I was at the game where they were booing Joe Lacob. For listeners who don't know, Joe Lacob retired. It was his first year as owner, right? It's a beautiful passage in the book, but it's (laughs) one of the highlights. Uh, I, on top of reading it, also had the audio book. So (laughs) I was like jumping back and forth because I'm in my car a lot. Uh, this is and, year two of his ownership, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> and hearing um, the audiobook guy read Rick Barry admonishing the crowd was <laughs> so funny. When Rick Barry is your voice of reason. Um, well, the funny thing about that situation is Rick Barry makes it so much worse because Chris Mullins says something and the crowd does kind of settle down. And right. then Rick oh, Barry's right, like, that which, which by the way, like he comes out with that crazy thick New York accent, which still blindsides it's me so, every I'm, single time he, I hear him speak. <laughs> oh, you're talking about yeah, you're back in. I, mean, I was born in Queens. I was raised in Queens. It still freaks me out. Every time. Um, That's what so you're gonna go, gonna calm down out there. Calm down now. <laughs> but yeah, and so <laughs> Mullen, it's his night. They tell he tells them to calm down, and they sort of do. And then Rick Barry's like, well, shoot, I've got to prove that I'm actually the most beloved warrior. And then he stands up and starts yelling at everybody, and they boom more. It's actually incredible when you go back and watch the video that Rick Barry, like, did not, like, lash out into a a string of expletives (laughs) on live television. I actually don't, like, I actually am really impressed with his strength. Uh, two things about that. So one, I, that was originally going to be my prologue. Like I was originally going to open the entire oh. book going in because that was the low point. Yeah. And I think like like fun part of like if you're talking about drama or narrative, like introduce it at like their absolute lowest point. And then it's like, oh, how did they get to this point? Or how could things have gone mm-hmm. so bad? How are they going to dig their way out? And then, uh, so that was all before uh, they, you know, had the most inexplicable and embarrassing finals loss in history. Um, (laughs) um, But then the other thing was that, um, I forgot what the other thing was. But anyway, that was going to, that was going to, 
that was going to start off the whole book. And I figured that would be like, because for people who don't know that story, that would be like an interesting way in because all they know is all of this like crazy unadulterated success. Right. It's like, Oh, like you're like, you're like savagely booing the owner at center court on what it's supposed to. Oh, I know the other thing was the other thing was that, um, in my research, this I didn't get to put this in the book, but they were I was looking up like newspaper articles from like before the season, and when they announced that they were going to retire his jersey, it was originally going to be in January, and I don't mm-hmm. know why they ended up. Uh, if anyone knows, please tell me. But I don't know why they ended up moving it to March, but it's really interesting to think about what that course of events would have been like had they actually kept it in January, because remember, you like you know th- all of this happened like less than a week after the Montreal. Yeah. So it was just it was because of all of those, you know, course of events and everything building up. If that happens in January, it's a completely sort of different narrative. And then you don't know how things turn out. But because things kind of happened in the perfect sequence that they did, um, it just made it for like a much more interesting uh, story. Well, I do think it weirdly there are a couple of things that if you're like a real warrior's head, like a like if you really know the warriors, there are like a couple of very strange like mirror moments because right. Chris Cohan being booed at the All Star game. Chris Cohan, the terrible Warriors owner before Joe Lacob, got booed at the the 2000 All Star game and then disappeared forever. Well, I mean, you're like basically next to Michael Jordan. And yeah, like that's you have, you know, like there's no like you're still just getting savagely booed. But yeah, but then that's that's the analog. You know, the lake up in 2012 is Cohen in 2000. Yeah, well, but it seems like, oh, sorry. Well, the thing in the book that really stood out to me is I didn't realize Cohen was next to his five year old son. Mm-hmm. Which is almost like that makes it almost feel like Batman By watching way, his kid, his parents. Come <laughs> burn, you know? Future future Duke lacrosse player Dax Cohen. Wow, his Ooh. name is Dax Cohen. Oh my yep. God, we should have known then. I mean, I guess we did know then, but but yeah, um, basically but that was kid say... was born right when he bought the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> what I was gonna say is there's something about this team. And how they reacted. There are several, like, weirdly symmetrical moments to me that, like, solve the pro- that where they solve the problems of the past. Mm-hmm. Like, every time the Warriors got good, they would trade their shooting guard. <laughs> uh, first it was Mitch Richmond, then it was Jason Richardson. They would trade their shooting guard, like, two years too early. And then this... Ownership group almost did it with Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. Right. Yeah. It's like, and what, they do you, opt what do you got to get? <laughs> what do you need? Well, kind of a, a a power forward who's really soft defensively. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Brandon yeah. Ryder, Billy Owens, or Kevin Love. That's perfect. <laughs> we excel in that. Come on, yeah. no, come on aboard. Well, and uh, then when they win their first championship, they win it by playing Nelly Ball essentially. Right. It's just a very strange – again, look, I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but the Golden State Warriors are the one thing I know a lot about. <laughs> so I might be Charlie Belling – I mean, Charlie, Charlie Bell, no. Um, All right, I'll give you amnesty Charlie, on that one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say Charlie Dang with red strings in front of a, in front of a cork board. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I, I have a couple questions just about, uh, like, how the personnel were. So in the book, uh, Leica basically spends six months just evaluating everybody. Nobody gets fired, even Robert Rowell. Uh, right. Evil, evil, the, the worm tongue of the Warriors organization. <laughs> uh, Joey, that's a Lord of the Rings thing. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, so so after the, and then after six months, I started evaluating, hiring new people. Which guys actually survived the purge? I mean, Raymond Ritter, obviously. Yeah. Well, you be, can't uh, you can't get rid of the legends. Come on now. Right, right. He'll be he'll he'll die giving a press conference and escorting someone to a podium. Right. I mean, at, at the age of like one hundred, like legitimately graded his job. Like, there's no reason why they should ever fire him. Yeah, and he's like delightful, right? Yeah. No, he's like. He is, yeah. He is one of my favorite. He is. He is. He is a character. He is the best. He's so good at his job. He survived uh, the flunkster dude uh, uh, scandal. Do you remember that, Eric? Uh, why? Why do I feel like there's a wisp of knowledge somewhere in the back of my? Uh, what is this? He was posting on Warriors oh, yeah, yeah, World yeah, yeah, yeah. under the name yes, Flunkster yes, yes. Dude. Pretending yeah. to he be was a... getting on the message. Right. <laughs> uh, like as a Cohan lackey. Yeah. So he and would like, like say like he was pretending to be like a yeah. season ticket and holder like, and he would yeah. type into Warriors World like gonna be a great season. See you guys in two twenty. <laughs> and like Marcus had to write about it for like the Mercury News. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't wasn't that your Instagram handle originally, Joey? Uh yeah, it is also my <laughs> Xbox Live handle. No way. Uh, Hit him up. <laughs> Them up, round ball rockers. Uh, no, yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, but that you know, it's like, yes, that was not good. Um, but that was also very indicative of like, that was very warriors from back. Oh then. yeah, it's the most warriors. He was not immune to that. <laughs> it also still uh, feels like that was like the early internet era where where like no one's really sure what's like obviously that's wrong oh 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 yeah it's like the george costanza uh defense oh yeah. was that wrong but i know <laughs> yeah. that i'm gonna have to plead ignorance on this one. but it's uh, uh it's only a couple years after aaron sorkin is doing the exact same thing on tv message boards you know um but yeah so raymond survived travis schlink uh, survived. He was like the other him and Raymond. I think were like the other long, the long time holdovers. Um, and then was Chris DeMarco? He was technically part of the previous. Has he been around that long? He might have been around that long. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, like I, I feel like there was a time where like, oh, like Robert Rowell has not been fired yet. <laughs> like, right. uh, yeah, like... it was fur- <laughs> infuriating as a right. fan. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there was, I think there there was some wisdom to like, let's just spend six months. Cause like, you know, it's like the important thing is you had, then you have to bring in like, you have to bring in Bob, like in 2000, think about this in the course of 2011, over the course of five months or four months, they hire Bob Myers, Jerry West and Rick Welts in like four months. And then it's like, oh, now you've got your nucleus in and now you let them like, you know, figure out who do you keep, who do you let go, bring in their own guys. But this idea that you don't just come in and just immediately clean house, I think was pretty smart, actually. Yeah. Well, and it's it feels like there's such an urge to do that with new ownership, too. Uh, it's almost like, like someone takes over a new pack of lions 
and, and murders all the males, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, and does, does Larry Riley still work for the team? I think he's technically still, like, He's a scout. A scout. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, it's like scout emeritus, probably. Right. I don't really think that, like, you know... Like, Larry Riley drafted Steph and Clay Thompson. I don't yeah. think Larry Riley is, like, you know, sitting in, you know, a gym at Purdue, you know, in a January <laughs> snowstorm, like, oh, we got to get this guy in the second round. Like, I think Larry Riley has paid his dues. I think – I And I have to say, a big part of your book to me was, like, it almost read as a redemption for Larry Riley yeah, in our, my head. Our next yeah. question was actually, was Larry Riley the unsung hero of this dynasty? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Long answer, yes. Um, no, I mean, that's why I think it was one of the excerpts that ran on Esquire.com. I think that that one is all about, very much it centers on the Larry Riley part of the book. And that's why I liked getting that one out there because I really do feel like he is kind of the forgotten guy in all of this. And he's the guy who, you know, he's the guy that really did sort of uh, finagle the whole Monte Andrew Boca trade. Um, you know, Bob Myers was still, uh, you know, basically in his apprentice role at, the, at that point. He hadn't really taken over in any real sense. Um, so, I mean, there there's a lot that Larry Riley has done for this franchise over the years. And, and he is like, he is a basketball lifer. I mean, this guy has been around the block a couple of times and he has seen some stuff. Um, and and he, that's just at done, Nelly's poker game. Great things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's funny because I remember being hate, kind of hating Larry Riley because it felt like he was just Don Nelson's lackey He's who so pushed folksy. Chris Mullen out. How could you hate Larry Riley? Yeah, but, well, then that's the thing. And then it turned out, oh, yeah, sure, he drafted Epe Udo, but also <laughs> Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Right. I mean, I think it is I think it's definitely a net positive, um, you know, as opposed to all the years where they, you know, were drafting Todd Fuller and everything else. Like, that, oh, that, yeah. Don't I you that. come into my house and say that name. <laughs> Look, man, they, Kobe Bryant just did not catch their eye. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so another question I had for you, I guess we, we haven't, we've talked around him, but he's basically the main focus of your book is Joe Lacob. Yeah. The, the current owner of the Golden State Warriors. Yes. And um, my first question for you is there's a, there's an anecdote in the book where he claims that as a child he wanted to own a basketball team. So yeah, my I first really question... wish I'd gone to ask him about this in person, but the last yeah, my... never presented itself. But ask your question. My main question is: uh, Do you believe he's telling the truth in that <laughs> anecdote? <laughs> All right. Okay, it's really easy to say. No, he's not telling the truth. <laughs> let's 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 dig down another layer here. What what does he have to benefit from lying about that? Or to put it another way, who would lie about something like that? Because it is just so like specific. <laughs> I guess it's it. Um, yeah, like literally, who grows up wanting to own a basketball team? Like it's so. <laughs> 
like it crosses like the uncanny valley of logic. <laughs> like I'm so weird. I have to believe it's true. I'm not even sure how old I was when I realized like owning a basketball team was a thing. Right. It might have been like 25 years old. <laughs> just not like buying shares in it, like the Green Bay Packers. Right, right. They're a civic trust. Literally one person. You're, you're telling me there's one person. This is wild. Um, yeah, no, it's it's totally weird, but it. Uh, I think it, but I think it also like fits in very perfectly with his character. And, and, and the Joe Lake up that we that we know today. It's true that yeah. if any NBA owner dreamed of owning a basketball team as a kid, it was Joe Lakeup. Yes, exactly. It's true. That's like straight out of central casting. Yeah. I mean, he's a man who claimed to have had sex with the trophy. Implied um, so. sex? Yeah, it was implied, right? <laughs> well, I think he said it was like in bed with him while he... Yeah, but then he was like, we had a lot of fun that night. <laughs> Can you get to second base with a trophy? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I don't even want to know, frankly. You should stop right now. <laughs> um, I just started thinking about the Lombardi Trophy, and I'm like, all right, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. Let's do it. Hey, round ball rockers! Uh, it's Joey again. Just letting you know, interrupting our interview with Eric Malinowski to let you know about mybookie.ag, and with his picks of the week on my bookie here. Is the ghost of Don Pardo. Hello! You know, ever since I started doing the voiceover for this podcast, people ask me for gambling advice. Don, who do you have to win the World Series? Don, what do you think of those division odds in the Southeast Division? Well, it's very important to bet at mybookie.ag. They've been in business for years, and there's cash bonuses. Go, and they'll match your deposit with a 100% bonus using promo code ROUNDROCK. This week, Don Pardo's picks to click include the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night. They're getting three points against the Ravens, and Joe Flacco is terrible. Also, I'm literally a big fan of the Minnesota Timberwolves to win the Northwest Division. It's plus 300. It's like they're printing free money. So visit mybookie.ag, enter promo code ROUNDROCK, and start winning. Well... Back to heaven for me. Goodbye. Thank you, Ghost of Don Pardo. And once again, you go to mybookie.ag, you enter the code Round Rock, you get a hundred percent of your cash back. So if you put in a hundred bucks, you get two hundred bucks. You put in one Ghost of Don Pardo, they give you two Ghosts of Don Pardo, and you help us out. Uh, which would be great because I don't want to deliver Chinese food anymore. Once again, mybookie.ag, round, promo code ROUNDROCK. Let's go back to our interview with Eric Malinowski. Uh, my next question for you is Lakeham's a tech guy. Yeah. Uh, so as all, all business people lead back to one thing on this show, and that is Shark Tank. Right. And uh, how do you feel Joe, Joe Lacob would be as a Shark Tank shark? Uh, 
he would he would uh, I feel like he would go out of his way to say crazy stuff. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, I think he's been bottling it up since like mullet night. And then mm-hmm. like to him on camera, like to have him jockeying with uh, put it this way. Actually, you know, so here's actually I think this would be a legitimately great episode of Shark Tank is just all of the tech NBA owners. Mm-hmm. So you get Mark Cuban, but then you get like Steve Ballmer. Uh-huh. And then it would Robert be like Para. Yeah, uh, Para like not making eye contact with anybody in the, the corner, and, the and also uh, totally cash poor. Right. Like the, he's the, the first poor shark. Yeah, he's like <laughs> ah, <laughs> I could, I but could do have, in like, arena sweaty, advertisements. Uh, <laughs> sweaty armpitted Steve Ballmer, and and going up against Joe Lakeup in like a crazy off. Like I mean, that would <laughs> that would be legitimately great. Television. Joe, they're like, well, Joe Lacob, uh, I, I have a lot of sales opportunities on Rakuten. Uh, do you think this would do well in Japan? That's or? great. That's great. We could do that. That's great. That's a great opportunity. <laughs> I love it for a ball club. That's great. And then you just like Steve Ballmer just like smacks him upside the head. And he's yeah. like, developers, developers, developers. Reboot <laughs> Ballmer again. Ballmer would totally be the dude who tried all the products too. Like, oh, that's like a trike for children? Bomber's getting on. Bomber's going to wear the shirt. Yeah. last night. Participatory shark tanking. Um, all right, we should also probably talk about Mark Jackson, yeah. right, John? Yeah, just because I, reading the book, there are things that happen at the end of the Mark Jackson era, like, because he transitions so quickly. Like, he's back on television a week after he gets fired, two weeks after he gets fired. Like, he works yeah. the finals that year. Uh, His gestation period from caterpillar to butterfly is very quick. That well, disrespect. You're, you're disrespecting. Like you cannot disrespect the caterpillar and rave about the butterfly. Is that the most Mark Jackson the Mark Jackson? Hold on, hold on. Now we have to be silent for ten seconds while we uh, let that breathe on the air. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 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 so just looking at the extent of things that happened in 2014, I had forgotten just how, like, fired he was getting himself. Um, I'm going to I'm going to ask you, what do you think was the most fireable offense? And we can, then we can go through the, the, the choices there. Uh, so we're we're ranking. It's like fireable offense draft. Yeah, so he gets fired okay. right mm-hmm. after they lose to okay. the Clippers in 2014. Um, and so so this is um so this is like an aggregation of like offenses over the years. I have yeah. a, I have a thought. I, I have an idea, but I, I'm I'm curious what you would say. Yeah, I think it was the Jason Collins comments. Probably, I don't think that those were going to be a thing that anyone was ever going to forget. Yeah. And just, I would probably go number one. And it's I like, spe- like, dude, like, where, like, where are you? I understand. Like, I understand that he is into faith. I get uh-huh. it. Yeah. I, I hear. I hear that. Um, but where are you? Who is your boss? Like society. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, who are common your fans? Decency, yeah. Like- uh, notions of tone deafness. Just all of that. He just completely failed on every level with those comments. So. Yeah. To basically say, uh, I know you're my boss and you have hiring and firing powers, but right. you're going to go to hell. 
That's what I believe in my heart. Sorry, that's what that I believe. You're, you're, you're an inferior that's person. That's what I believe. Sorry. <sighs> yeah, I think that was the worst one because, and it's crazy to say that because uh, there was also an FBI sting a couple months <laughs> right around the same time. This, uh, so wait, so I'm trying to. So th- there was like one thing a year, and I think, yeah, yeah. and that was crazy. Like. I had sort of forgotten about all of that mm-hmm. with the uh, we, sh- we should backtrack and say so he was being uh, blackmailed by a former mistress of his so back when he was in the New York, New Jersey area. He had had a mistress for multiple years, I guess. And then years later, when he's coached the wars, she and an accomplice like come at him with like, I don't know, incriminating text messages or and photos or whatever. And is basically like trying to extort money out mm-hmm. of him. And uh, and they actually give him like money, and then they're like going and like like they're contacting his wife and all this stuff, and then like after the season's over, like he go <laughs> he has to go to the Warriors, he has to go to the organization and say, I am being blackmailed by a former <laughs> mistress of mine. Yeah, what do we do? And it's uh, the they have photos of my penis, just so you know. <laughs> the organization <laughs> has to contact the local FBI, and they do a sting operation. Uh, and they catch these people, and they uh, they bring them up on charges in district court in Oakland. And it's like, I sort of had forgotten about all of that. I feel like I remember it happening a little bit in the moment because it was a, you know, it was like a late June kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like the season's over, people are really like you know in summer mode. Um, but then, like actually going back and researching it, it was like there was like one big chronicle story on it, and maybe like an AP story, <laughs> and then like that was it. And I just felt yeah. like. I'm, gaslighting myself and something like like was this a hoax like did this actually happen and it's like no like this actually happened they called in the fbi and all of this stuff and it's just like literally what other franchise this has happened to well and then on top of it a couple of months later one of his assistant coaches got fired for uh, having his own sting operation. So this is like, where he was illegally taping Mark Jackson. It feels like the Warriors were trying to build a Rico case against themselves. Like there's wiretapping, <laughs> there's an FBI sting. <laughs> yeah, it was co- it was completely nuts. So yeah. So my my question about Darren Ehrman, the assistant coach who was taping Mark Jackson. Is what was he taping? You think? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm I assuming mean... it was a sermon, but <laughs> <sighs> and also, how much money would you pay to hear those tapes? Oh man, who do you think has those tapes? Oh. I assume Darren Ehrman, right? I would assume he does. <laughs> um. Two-party consent, damn you! Uh, he seems like he still has like a relationship with the team, though, right? Is no, he, is he friends well, with Kirk. He's in Boston. Darren Ehrman. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he runs the defense in Boston. The Celtics hired him like a month after he got let go by the Warriors. <laughs> Danny Ainge was like, "Come on back, man, please." And then wasn't he also in New Orleans for a year running their defense? Uh, Maybe. I think he got like the Malone the Malone contract where it's like yeah. we're gonna pay you a lot of money to run the defense while Alvin Gentry runs the offense. 
He's a good defensive coach. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good lead. He's just a bad legal defense coach. <laughs> just needs to delete the recording apps off of his phone. Yeah, just. <laughs> Um, um, so there were g- Scalabrini. Uh, oh, I, Brian Scalabrini. Uh, yeah, I want to. Anyway. I want to give you a couple, couple quick. Like, there's a lot of great tidbits in the book, and I just want to pick and choose a few that really stood out to me. Uh, so on page 188, they're talking about. It's a great chapter about Steve Kerr's career. Uh, a lot of things you might not know about. That's my favorite chapter in the it's book. It's so fun. Like, yeah. Like I had. I was I was like too young for this, but I loved that Arizona Final Four team because I loved Kerr and oh, Sean Elliott so much, and then, they were amazing. And then Tolbert came to the Warriors, and I was like, "What? That star? <laughs> that college star is going to play for us?" Uh, but, he was really good uh, yeah. at Arizona. No, he I mean really that's good. A, that was a monster team. Uh, Tom Tolbert. Uh, very good tipper, by the way. I've waited on I him have several no times. That. No doubt about that. <laughs> is he is he doing okay? Yeah, he's back on the he's air. Better. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. But... I talked to him for like forty five minutes for that story, and I think I only ended up getting like two quotes in there. But it was good. St- I mean, it was just it was good stuff. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's great. Great. Like really funny. And he's good. Cool. I yeah. love that his role apparently from college on is the guy that the coach can yell at and make an example of. Like, that's why he lasted with Nelly, is that, like, Tolbert just doesn't care if you yell at him. Uh, Okay, yeah. No, I was going to say, like, when Steve makes his way to the Orlando Magic, it is Shaq's rookie year, and Tolbert is on that Magic team. So they get, like, basically reunited for a season, and it's like, oh, yeah, rookie Shaquille O'Neal. This could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's great. Uh, oh, yeah, so on, on page 188, they talk about Steve Kerr's amazing, like, his last gasp in the 2003, his last year in the NBA. He just right. tears it up in the 2003 Western Conference Finals. But the reason he has that opportunity is that Tony Parker <laughs> is sick from some bad room service creme brulee. Is this the most French thing to ever happen to an <laughs> NBA player? I mean, I I literally cannot think of anything more French than that. Yeah. Uh, uh, unless unless uh, Ronnie Turioff was the one delivering yeah. uh, the creme brulee cart <laughs> in uh, disguise. I can think of something more French, uh, and it's sleeping with Brent Berry's wife. Ooh. All right. Uh, well, he also he also uh, didn't he almost get blinded by a champagne bottle. He he yes, yeah. but so. Drake was throwing it, I believe, or Chris Brown, one or the two. <laughs> I have a feeling it was Chris Brown, Joey. If you really, <laughs> it was Chris Brown. Now, granted, now granted, Tony Parker is a man, so it may not have been the subject of Chris Brown's violence. But ooh, wow, two rough jokes in the row there. All right, let's do you think that the do you think that the nationwide like room service creme brulee industry just completely cratered after that story came out or Yeah. Maybe it's recovered and now this book is out and there's another scandal. Ready I, just, to... I mean, it it would be pretty amazing if you had the power to destroy the room service creme brulee industry. I just And I, I would think you do. People talk about the dwindling influence of books, but I think that we can help bring that back. Yeah, and honestly, it's dangerous to have those guys with little blowtorches anyway. Right. <laughs> it's just, uh, just dangerous. 
there's another moment on page 223, a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, so right after the Warriors uh, win the 2015 Western Conference Finals, they go to the, the NBA Finals. And what does Draymond Green do? Oh, he plugs his Snapchat account. <laughs> <laughs> How? <laughs> Maybe that will make an appearance later. Yes. It uh, seemed like you had a lot of fun with Draymond Green-related breadcrumbs just generally. Well, we'll because see. you also dropped the Beasley one. Like, this, oh, right. this flagrant foul won't matter later. Yeah. Yeah, can you give, Joey, can you give the background on that one? Uh, so in the first round of the... 2016 NBA playoffs. Draymond Green, for no reason, gets a flagrant foul just throwing Michael Beasley on the ground. With one second remaining in the game, or not. (laughs) And one of the things that stood out to me is, like, I had forgotten that Michael Beasley returned to the NBA from China that year. Like, like he was on on the Rockets for, like, five weeks? Six weeks or something? And it turns Sean, out- you would have remembered if you used 11% of your brain. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Which Michael Beasley does. Um, oh, the the other the other Draymond Green tidbit that I think is fantastic. Uh, now, this is this is an element of the book. Uh, the footnotes are really great, and I feel like there's like I don't know. It's great. It's like a good way to seed all these extra things that maybe don't fit in with the narrative i mean like it's yeah. just, there's there's citations and stuff but it 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 does it's like i don't know if that's a function of your style there's something kind of internet related about it yeah like, it's like links that you click on i like but uh in particular there's a lot of tidbits especially uh there's an interview with a venture capitalist where joe lakeup's talking about the recruitment of Kevin Durant. This is footnote 315, mm-hmm. if you're following along at home. <laughs> and uh, and then and he says that Draymond gave the heavy pitch, which no one else would have done except him, because Lakeup says, I'm basically the Draymond Green of the business side. <laughs> it's true. T- tell him he's wrong. Spot yeah. the lie. And then the interviewer says, well, who'd you hit at a bar at 2.30 a.m.? Which, <laughs> good reply. Yeah. Credit where it's due. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I wanted it to be a value add. I want people that – I think there's some a very small subset of book readers that immediately go to the notes and kind of flip through and kind of see what they're going to get. But I want it to be like a value add. If you go back there, you might uh, – you know, there's regular citations, which I think is the entire function of that. But – I looked at it as DVD extras. I didn't want to clunk up the pages with the usual sort of footnotes at the bottom of the page. I wanted to throw all that stuff in the back. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that like doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of the narrative I was writing. But I thought it was interesting, and I thought um, I may never get to write another book again. So yeah, I'm going to have yeah. fun with. I'm going to write what I want, and uh, I think I think it's there's some funny stuff back there. Well, when Steph Curry goes to prison for throwing this mouthpiece. Well, that'll look, be a book in and of itself that you can write. Really, really gutting footnotes in the back there. I don't want to spoil them now, but <laughs> oh boy, the night of season two is going to be uh, pretty hard hitting. Let me tell you, he's going to come uh, out of prison looking a lot different than when he went yeah. in. Uh, so, one specific question I wanted to ask you, because again, I'm like more obsessed with. 
the bad warriors that I lived through than the good warriors now. Uh, and my, a question I wanted had for you is, was it hard to choose between the stories of warriors incompetence pre Lacob? <laughs> yeah, you notice I left a lot out. <laughs> you yeah. That, uh, I mean, so yeah, I mean, that's basically the first, the, the chapter one, the first half is basically, yeah, like, like <laughs> creation of the franchise up until Lacob buying the group. And then the second half of chapter one basically functions as a profile of Joe Lacob and, uh, and, and then, you know, transitioning into Steph and all that. But yeah, so, I mean, what's the first half of chapter one? Maybe like 4,000 words or something like mm-hmm. that? I mean, I could have, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Like, it could have been a whole other book. Like, there was just endless, endless material. And it's just like, for me, it's just like, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to like kick Warriors fans in the, like, kick their dog multiple times. You know, it's like, <laughs> you get the point. They were bad. They did dumb things. At some point, you need to move on, but at the same time, I'm just trying to give maybe like non-Warriors fans or people that just aren't familiar with all that just an, an, a, enough of an inkling that – because all they know are how elite and great they are. Yeah. And it's like, buddy, it was not always like this. So. Well, I, I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense to focus on Steven Jackson, who's a player that you know, like people have a pretty good sense of. He's still on TV now, whereas as fascinating as it is – it's hard to even explain who Andrew Speedrins was. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like, well, he was he was 17 years old when he was drafted. He was from Latvia. Uh, uh, the only picture of him, the only picture of him, ESPN.com had when they drafted him was a picture of him with his shirt off flexing that Chad Ford took himself. Uh, which is a true story. I'll have it. I have it, and I'll send it to you, Eric. <laughs> Please do. Um, yeah, that it is. Don- <laughs> I want a thirty for thirty on just the backstory of this glistening shirtless under speedrids photo that Chad Ford personally took. I have in tweeted. Latvia. I have tweeted at Chad Ford to try and get him to answer that question from me, and he has not answered. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did, again, look, we're the preeminent Anthony Randolph podcast, but we're also secondarily an Andres Bedrins podcast. Yeah. Um, what do you think happened to him? <laughs> um, I mean, there's so many possible answers. <laughs> Um, I think the nicest explanation is that the NBA just kind of moved on. And I feel like, <laughs> seriously, it's just like, there was just no room for, like, what is he now? Is he like 32? Is that what he is? I that sounds about I right. Think he's about 32 years old. Yeah. That's crazy. He you could, know, he's like, actually, he's actually 31. He's a, okay. he turned 31 <laughs> in April. I have to say, like, to preface, like, I do not weep for Andres Biedrins. Like, Dude had it really good for a long time, and he made a lot of money. So I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't shed a tear for for Andres. Uh, but at the same time, like there's there's a part of you that can't help but feel bad because it's like they he just got pushed completely out of favor. I don't think that he like I want I don't think that he was like a cancer in the locker room or anything like that. There were there were you know 
there were plenty of other people willing to fill those roles. I don't think he was like, <laughs> you know, upsetting team, you know, chemistry that much or anything. I had <laughs> forgotten he played he played 11 minutes against the Spurs uh, in the 2014 playoffs yeah, in game 1 in the 13, double overtime. Yeah. 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 2013, yeah. Well, there was like but a that moment game was completely insane. Like that's I think like, what is that, the fifth anniversary coming up this spring? Like, I need yeah. to do, like, a real history of that game. It's incredible yeah. because you look back and you're like, I remember thinking, like, oh, wait, Mark Jackson didn't take Steph Curry out for the last, <laughs> you know, 29 minutes of the game, Here's what you need minutes to know. of the game? They played double overtime, so they played 58 <laughs> minutes of game clock. How much did Steph play in this, that game? Uh, like, 52 51? minutes? 51? Out of 58 minutes, Steph played 57 minutes and 56 Christ. seconds. What? <laughs> well, the he other... only rested for four seconds <laughs> of a double overtime game. That's like, I mean, that is some, that feels like something that would have happened with Don Nelson as the coach as well. I, I was just going to say that. Luckily, Don Nelson, two years before, had primed him for that by only having five active players in several games. I mean, even, like, Tom Thibodeau thinks that that is egregious. <laughs> you can't do that. It's crazy. Like, like, and really, like, the difference between sitting Steph Curry down for a minute and a half might have been knocking off the eventual... Well, they wouldn't have won that series, but... They made it a lot closer than yeah. they had any right to, though. Right, uh, with a team that won the NBA title that year pretty easily in the finals uh yeah no i mean there, there there's it, it's a fun that whole time around there is a fun like what would have happened if this or that had happened but yeah that series was that game was insane what did they what, what was the lead that they blew was it 18 in the last five minutes or something I think like the that Spurs so, go on like a 16 to nothing run in that game it was yeah it was completely nuts. And, like, Jared Jack is the one that has to, like, save them in some ways. It was just – the whole game was well, just Kent, if For a while there, it looks like Kent Bazemore is going to be the hero. <laughs> the sight of, like, Kent Bazemore streaking down the court to tie the game. And it's like, man, that was – like, that was four – five years? That was five years ago. That's it. Not even. Not even five years ago. That was spring of 2013. Like, all of this has happened so fast. Can you so have- fast. Can you imagine seeing that and hearing, like, like during the game, some announcers like, you know, I could see Kent Bazemore getting, like, a four-year, $72 million contract someday. No <laughs> one would do that. Stop. <laughs> Crazy talk. <laughs> what a weird, weird game. And, yeah, that game was weird. The last few years have been weird. But, honestly, that was that stuff was so much fun. To just think about how recent, like in the grand scheme of things, like how recent all of that was, and just how much has happened in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, and the book is so great at like do at pointing that out. Basically, um, it's it's a really great book. Like everyone should read it. I love it. Even if you're not a Warriors fan, you should read. Yeah. Read Beta Ball. By Eric Malinowski. <laughs> oh, and, and we would be remiss if we didn't ask you this question. We have a friend who is a bit of a conspiracy theorist. So so the Warriors oh were, were very open to technology, like sensory deprivation uh-huh. tanks. Uh, they had headsets that delivered electric shocks for hyper-learning that did not 
end up taking off. Uh, our friend has a theory. Are the warriors taking the pill from Limitless that lets you concentrate and makes you super smart? You can tell us. Can't Bradley Cooper shoot the three? Is that what you're asking me? That's what I'm saying. Um, I mean, if, if they were, who would know, right? I mean, right. seriously, like, you know, you don't know who Kirk Lakeup, you know, went to Stanford with, you know, science <laughs> uh, classes, uh, what they were developing in there. Uh, and you know what? Uh, if it's not in the CBA, as far as I'm concerned, it might as well be in the Wild West. So uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, all about, uh, it's all about eclipsing the market inefficiencies, what it all comes down to. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, before we let you go, we have uh, every week we play a game uh, that is last year we were matching up the Warriors against great teams in history. They, they had a pretty good record. Uh, they, were defe- <laughs> they were defeated by a team of mascots playing slam ball once, but otherwise they pretty much <laughs> beat everybody. Uh, this year we've been asking what the question is just, what are they doing right now? So what any notable NBA figure is doing right now? And then we put up a poll on Twitter and we see, uh, who wins? And this week we want to ask Joey: do you, Are you are you okay with this one? Oh yeah, definitely. We want to ask: What is Warriors former Warriors owner Chris Cohen doing right now? And and you can go last with your answer. We should probably lead off, right, Joey? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is definitely suing an Uber driver. <laughs> Like he wants his fare. Yeah, but he's suing the driver himself, not the company. The driver. Yeah. Um, okay, I think he is at a family dinner giving a toast, and he's being booed by his own son. <laughs> he's being booed by Dax Cohen, who's like like derisively waving a lacrosse stick at him. Um, I think that he's... Uh, texting Steph Curry and staring at his phone, <laughs> hoping, to see, hoping to see the three dots, and they never come. Well, because Steph's in prison. And and, and by the way, it's just a litany of texts that just say, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> and Steph never responds. Uh, I bet AC Law the Fourth responds to all of his texts. So. Like, yeah, what do you what do you do, dude? <laughs> Uh, that's a Warriors deep cut. All right, um, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks Again. for having me. This was fun. I really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Besides uh, Beta Ball. No, no, including Beta Ball. No, including Beta Ball. <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely want to plug only Beta Ball. <laughs> Everyone available at... Uh, no, no, please, uh, please support. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kindle, uh, but also uh, please support your local bookstores. Local bookstores are awesome. Um, go if you can. If you, I know it's an added expense, but if you can, buy it in the bookstore. They'll appreciate it. I'll appreciate it. Um, but I hope, I hope Warriors fans love it. I hope that they can read it now and enjoy it, and I hope that they can, you know, pull it off the shelf in a year or two. You know, when all of this starts to fall apart <laughs> inexorably, and, uh, and just remember the good times. 
Yeah. Uh, Sean, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, You can check out, I have a bunch of Halloween things running on Yard Barker this week, but also come to the Punchline in San Francisco on December 20th. I will be headlining. Your friend Joey Devine will be hosting. Tickets are available now. You can go to LiveNation.com or, uh, yeah, that's the best way to go. Or you can just Google Punchline Sean Keane and it will come up. All right, and as for me, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where this week I tweeted, I lost my wallet today. Replacing the contents makes me want to cry. Oof, thoughts uh, and prayers. <laughs> thanks a l- thank you, Eric. Uh, thank you, listeners. We'll be back uh, later this week with Corbin Smith from Vice Sports. And uh, trust the process, everybody. Trust the process. Shut it down. Let's Shut go it home. down. Let's go home. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I'm in love with the coco. I got it for the lolo. Turn up. I'm in love with the coco. Hit my plug, that's my cholo. Cause he got it for the lolo. If you snitching, I go loco. Hit you with that drinka ocho. Niggas thinking that I'm solo. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.